Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the breach. On today's episode, we pick up the story of Marcus two years later. Marcus is a man of the wild who claims dominion over the badlands that surround Malifaux. But other powers are also at work in the wilderness powers far older and stranger than anything Marcus could imagine. I hope you enjoy the conclusion of Eat or Be Eaten. This episode of the Breachside Broadcast is brought to you by the Order of the Chimera. Our researchers are currently hard at work on animal hybrids that will revolutionise agriculture and industry. Imagine a horse with the strength of an elephant, a guard dog with the ferocity of a tiger, or a chicken that grows to the size of an adult Nephilim. When nature just isn't good enough, we're here to give it a helping hand. Two years later. The air smelled of old blood. Miranda frowned, but continued on her path over the wildlands. She had taken the body of a falcon, and her claws were tired from hefting her burden, but she was almost to her destination. She circled once to reveal her intention to land, then swooped down and dropped her cargo on the forest floor, before gliding up to a comfortable tree branch. Around her had been assembled what could be described as a caveman's attempt to mimic the appearance of a scientist's laboratory. Wood and clay had been carved into bowls, and gourds hung from branches. A table had been fashioned from fallen timber, carved with simple cutting tools. It held an assortment of ingredients, some simple and common to the forest, others kept in wax-sealed glass beakers delivered from the city. Marcus stood over the table picking at what looked like a heap of bones and tissue. Miranda willed her body to change, and felt the strain of bone, muscle and skin as they stretched into the form of a young woman, blonde hair replacing feathers, piercing blue eyes overtaking bold yellow. I can smell your latest subject, she muttered, dangling her legs off the branch. Have you taken up summoning the undead in my absence? Marcus didn't bother to look back at her. I didn't expect you back for another two months. She leaned against the trunk. Things are changing in the north. Nothing I imagine would bother you, but better to get some fresh supplies now. You might have to go without for a while. Oh? There's been a shake-up in the city. Miranda took a small spider from the tree trunk, letting it skitter over her fingers. Ramos has been arrested. Marcus let out a soft laugh. 
Either the guild has dropped all pretense of justice, or Ramos has gotten weak. Neither, and both. She popped the spider into her mouth and chewed. Word amongst the Union is that Tony betrayed him for guild favors. I never bothered to learn the details. Politics and greed. But if she keeps to the city, I see no reason to bother. They say not everyone in the Union is happy with this. They say Karis is forming a group within the Arcanists, who want to wage a more open war with the Guild. They've done a lot of damage. Miranda climbed down the tree. She's drawing lines in the sand. Nothing that concerns me. Miranda went to Marcus, putting a hand on his arm. She may come looking for you, to demand you join her side. Marcus looked down at her and smiled. Let her come, then. Though I think the Wildlands would take umbrage with her flames. They gazed into each other's eyes a moment, before Miranda turned to the mess on the table. One of your experiments. Marcus sighed, the moment souring. Another failure. He paused, trying to find the words. Every hybrid shows promise. But outside of my care, they fail like all the rest. I've seen domesticated dogs survive longer in Malifaux's wilderness. There's too much inner conflict. Organs are rejected, bones deform, instincts become confused. They leave themselves vulnerable. The flesh fights itself. I have been gathering their remains for weeks, hoping to find the harmony. Miranda frowned. The Order of the Chimera is questioning your whereabouts. They want results for their investment. Marcus growled. Nothing but merchants desiring a product. Not at all, Miranda said. They believe that you can do it. I came to this place to find knowledge, Marcus said. I believed it held the secrets. But the forest guards them. I'm no closer to success than I was years ago. She nuzzled his tense shoulder with her forehead. Put it aside for now. Spend this evening with me tonight. We will hunt and feed and lose ourselves in each other. Marcus hesitated, and then brushed her cheek with his palm. Perhaps you are right. Perhaps... Their senses went on alert, and their heads twisted toward the south. Miranda had not scented anything had not heard anything, yet her instinct warned her something dangerous was approaching. Something of yours, she whispered. No, Marcus said. The Forest Queen has sent her subjects before. They have kept my instincts from going soft, he smirked. But this is the first time they have approached so brazenly. Perhaps the Queen has come to face me herself at last. They waited. The presence that approached made no attempt to hide itself. Miranda caught sight of a humanoid figure moving through the underbrush as if it wasn't there, but not so fast as to suggest an attack. Marcus put his nose to the air. Perfume. Miranda scowled. A messenger. The figure continued to approach, stopping on the edge of the glade. She was dressed in autumn leaves, all reds and yellows. But the leaves 
were arranged into a fashionable gown that accentuated her beauty. Her hair was a cascade of red, covering one eye. The other was an empty, bleeding socket. Miranda felt her skin crawl, and her fingers began to form talons, ready to tear the disturbing creature apart. Stay your hand, human, the figure said, holding up her hands in protest. I come not in hostility. Marcus stood straight. Only a fool would smell as you do, Fay. I thought I'd left fair enough warning to your kind on the pikes you tried to gut me with. Who is she? Miranda asked. This forest is ruled by those who escaped Kythera, Marcus explained. They have sought my blood ever since I arrived. You have made your intentions clear, the Fay messenger said. But now she has commanded your audience. You will attend her, or she will seek you out. And then what? Miranda asked. The Fay merely smiled, baring her fangs. Miranda growled, but Marcus put a hand on her shoulder. This was inevitable. We have both claimed this forest. What happens next will decide who keeps it. But... Marcus smiled at her. Have faith. Return to the Northlands. I will send word. And if you don't? Then find a new mate and be happy, Marcus said. Miranda snorted. She grabbed his neck and planted a kiss that he returned. You ask the impossible. I will wait. But if you do not return to me... I will do much worse to her than the Fay Queen could imagine. She gave the Fay one last warning glare, and then leapt into the air. Instead of a human, a falcon took flight, screeching its displeasure as it pierced the canopy. Marcus took up his shillelagh. Lead on. The Fay gave a curt nod, and they ventured deeper into the forest together. As they travelled, Marcus meditated, clearing his mind as he shored up his power, preparing himself. This would not be like compelling some common beast, not some simple hunt between predator and prey. This would be a test of masters, a contest of wills that might be his end. One would dominate the other, and the loser would be left at the new Alpha's mercy. As it should be, Marcus reminded himself taking comfort in that simple truth. He continued on, his mind alert. Insects buzzed and birds sang. Small prey slept in the trees or curled between their roots. Here, so far from civilization, Marcus felt home, and home welcomed him. The messenger led them out of the underbrush, and Marcus found himself on an open path that was wide enough to allow several people to march shoulder to shoulder. Curiously, the path did not seem to be cut by intelligent hands or clumsy feet. It was as though the trees themselves had parted. The queen awaits human, the fay growled. She did not bother to keep her disdain for his kind from her voice. Marcus ignored it. He had killed enough fay to feel nothing at her disgust. Seeing no rebuttal forthcoming, the messenger sneered and stepped back into the forest and vanished, 
Even her scent was gone. He strode confidently in the direction the forest provided him, never once lowering his guard. After a long walk, Marcus saw a shape ahead, a great twisted weirdwood tree covered in yellow leaves. The path widened, and Marcus entered an open clearing. A flat stone covered in indecipherable runes sat in the centre of the clearing, and beyond that was a small hill where the golden weirdwood had risen from the earth. A woman sat at the foot of the tree, its roots twisting into the vague shape of a golden throne. Her back rested against the trunk, cushioned against a pair of wings the colour of dried blood. She was dressed in rags, but her posture was that of royalty. Like the other fae, her eyes were twin holes, bleeding and empty. Yet despite her gaunt, corpse-like appearance, Marcus saw an inner beauty that was kept hidden. An aura of power seemed to shimmer from her, and while the flesh of her eyes was gone, he could just make out twin pinpricks of golden light that watched him approach. Her scars were many, but he could almost make out the beauty she had once been, and it made his breath catch in his throat. The woman's ethereal gaze never left his, but she turned her head as though she had just noticed him. Welcome, Marcus of the Witherbeak. Thoughts raced in Marcus' mind. It was not surprising that she had known him. It was likely she had been watching him since before his arrival in the Wildlands, perhaps longer. But she had titled him to a place. Witherpeak. He had never heard the name used by anyone before. He fought the urge to ask a thousand questions, instead making a gesture of respect for a fellow predator, the same he had made to the farmer two years ago. Queen Titania, Lady of Autumn. Titania smiled and gave a nod in acknowledgement. It is the custom of my court to bring tribute to the throne. Marcus considered his next move. He was not merely in a place of a predator then. He was in a place of politics. Not of guild bureaucracy and the rule of wealth, but one of warlords and respect due to conquerors. With a nod, he reached into his hide pouch and produced a handful of small objects. The fangs of a human, he said, dropping them one after another into the grass at his feet. Blunt and rotten from a life of soft meals and crooked words. The fingers of a soldier, weathered from battle. The heart of a fool who did not respect the wild. Titania did not move but there was a sense of surprise and approval in her aura. The items he offered vanished, the moment they touched the ground, snatched away by the queen's power. What fangs do you bear, Marcus Witherpeak? Teeth sharpened on worthy prey, he said. But if I speak lies, then the queen may claim them as well. Now Titania's smile widened. You have been far from your territory for some time. As far as is not yours, yet you remain. And not to bow before me, I think. Marcus smiled back, flashing his teeth. 
I bow only to one law. She sat up in her throne, fingers curling into claws that scratched at the armrests. Is that so? Titania flew from her throne with a single flap of her wings, carrying her through the air toward him. But her claws were a distraction, Marcus realized too late. Thorny vines burst from the earth around his feet and dug into the flesh of his calves. Titania landed well outside of his reach. Marcus fought down the urge to panic and focused. He plunged his will down on the vines like a hammer and then recoiled from his legs in response. He stepped over them and stalked towards Titania, slamming a fist against his chest to signal a challenge. She smiled and took wing again, circling the altar stone before swooping down at him, but Marcus was ready. He pointed his shillelagh at her and howled. His magic rushed over her like a hot wind and she faltered, landing on her feet with wide eyes and trembling hands. Snorting, Marcus moved in to attack. Titania hissed at him as she positioned herself as though to countercharge, but she hesitated and instead darted back, appearing angry and confused by her own actions. She couldn't get out of reach before he swung his shillelagh. She blocked with her forearm, halting the attack with precise leverage, but it left the flesh darkened with bruises. Titania snarled, a bestial sound of outrage. Marcus heard the fear and fury in her voice, and saw the rush of adrenaline in her movements. She felt an awakening of her instincts, animal reflexes that her cultured mind, accustomed to the politics of court, the softness of civilization, had stamped down on and tamed for the sake of decor. With her willpower shaken, Marcus readied his own to bring down on her, to command her as he commanded any beast, to show her that he was the mightiest, the alpha, the dominator. But before he could try, he sensed something. A presence in the forest, watching them, full of hostility. If it chose to attack. Titania suddenly shrieked in a language she did not recognize. The words slammed into his mind like bolts of lightning, booming in his skull, in his soul. He fell to one knee, tensing every muscle in his body in a vain effort to dampen out the agony. The queen shivered. Fighting the magical compulsions he'd cast on her, she stalked forward, claws twitching. Breathing hard, she ran one hand over his face, caressing him with her claws and leaving bloody cuts across his nose and cheek. She breathed the scent in before clutching his face in both hands, holding him on the edge of death. Marcus met her gaze, fighting the pain in his mind to hold himself still as he bared his throat to her, waiting. After many tense moments, Titania released him, walking away as if he was nothing but a discarded scrap of bone. Marcus felt the pain vanish from his thoughts in an instant, leaving only a memory and the distant sting of the cuts on his face. Titania sank into her throne, her body still trembling slightly as she overcame his magic. You did not come here to challenge me, she said, her voice a breathless whisper. Marcus watched her for a moment as he balanced himself on his shillelagh and pushed to his feet. But a challenge was made. It is the predator's way. Yes, 
The word turned into a hiss. She shivered again. Marcus waited to see if she would make good on her triumph. She had every right to command him, to slay him, or to drive him from her territory. Instead, she sat, waiting, watching. Deciding he had been dismissed, Marcus turned to limp his way back down the path. You came to this forest with purpose, Marcus Witherpeak, Titania called. When he met her gaze once more, she had regained her distant composure, sitting relaxed in her throne. It is knowledge that you seek, yes? Marcus nodded. In the lost times, when the tyrants waged war on the world, you and those under you wove flesh and bone into new forms. Men became beasts. Beasts became monsters. I, too, seek to wield this power. Titania looked him over. Few retain such knowledge, she said. Fewer still can master it. So much has changed because of it. She sighed, looking almost tired, though certainly not from the fight. Once this world was very different. So much has been lost to the tyrants. Now you ask me to gift you this knowledge so you can shape more creatures into being. To reshape my world again. Marcus held his head up. It is the way of things. Creatures are born and change. Nature shifts to embrace or reject them. The weak perish. The strong live. This is the truth. Even for those things born of man, or fay, or tyrant. Titania stared at him for many silent minutes, her gaze never wavering. You know they will return. They are strong. You wish to fight them, with these creations of yours. Marcus smiled. And others. Titania rose from her throne again. As she did, a single gold leaf fell from the weirdwood throne and fluttered down to land in her outstretched hand. She delicately carved a mark into the top of the leaf and blew it out into the air where Marcus could catch it. The mark was not one he could read, but it had a primitive magic that he recognized. Take this, Titania said. Meditate on it over the course of the moons for one month. If you are strong, the knowledge will be revealed to you. And if I am not, then you are just another human maggot, worthy of nothing but madness and rot, Titania snapped. And what do you want in return for this boon? Marcus asked. She glanced to the side. A pact, she said. Keep to your own, Marcus Witherpeak. I will leave you in peace, and I expect the same in return. And the mountain remains yours. Marcus nodded and bowed. It did not feel natural to him. But a ghost of a smile touched Titania's lips, and she gave a curt nod in return. You call me Witherpeak. Why? An eyebrow rose. 
you do not remember. When I returned to the world, I spoke to the earth and trees. I wished to know who called themselves the rulers of my world, the humans of the city, the Nephilim of the forest, the gremlins of the swamp, the banished of the sea, and Marcus of the Wither Peak. She cast her hands over the ground before her, and the soil shaped itself into a mountain that Marcus recognized. A mountain he had once claimed, when he toppled a guild fort and slew its commander. Marcus heard his words echo in his memories. My land, my mountain. The Witherpeak names you its master. It has been a long time since anyone has earned its respect. Her eyes narrowed. The land keeps secrets even the dead forget. And the Witherpeak knows more than most. If the tyrants learn of this, they will take it for themselves. Guard that knowledge well. Marcus felt the weight of her words. Much had been revealed to him in a few moments, and he sensed that it would take time for him to absorb it all. Titania watched him impassively, betraying nothing of her inner thoughts as he began his journey home. When he had left... Titania allowed herself to relax. The duel with Marcus had not been as one-sided as she had foreseen. His magic had been a blessing as much as it was a curse. For the first time in millennia, she had felt emotions and instincts awaken in her that had been dulled by her entrapment within Kythera and the duties of the court. The joy of the hunt, the bloodlust, as she had sought Marcus's throat, the uncertainty of her strength, the awareness of his power, the fear. She had been overwhelmed by it. She wallowed in it. If Ashlyn had not distracted Marcus, had Titania not regained herself enough to put everything she had into her arcane command, that it might be her bowing to Marcus' might. It angered and shamed her to even admit it to herself. As she brooded, the court emerged from the forest, at her command, they'd stayed silent witness to the duel, and now they spoke in haughty but hushed tones. What brazen foolishness they agreed for a human to challenge the Queen of Autumn. What a stink humans carry. How weak they are. Surely the Queen did not leave him alive out of mercy. She must sense he will be of use in the future. A tool for the right moment. A tool, yes, Titania agreed interrupting their gossip. That one will be of use. As I commanded, we are to leave him and his woman be. None here will break that pact. Her lithe form clad in a gown of soft bark. Impudent worm, Ashlyn spoke to the departed Marcus. You should have torn his heart from his chest, my queen. Don't think I missed your attempt to intervene, Titania said, to go against the traditions of the court. Ashton dropped into a bow. I only wished... She cut herself off. I am sorry, my queen. Forgive my weakness. Titania leaned close enough to be unheard by the court. Besides, I do not believe you could have taken him by surprise, even if you decided to strike. Ashlyn gaped at her, but Titania shook her head. Be at ease, my Drew. We knew our imprisonment in Kythera had left us all weakened. 
but until today I had not imagined just how far we had fallen. Or perhaps he is an anomaly, stronger than we believed of his kind. Ashlyn frowned. I very much doubt that. Titania smirked. Better to learn answers to our questions than make assumptions. We will need to learn more if we are to drive them from Malifaux. Yes, my queen. One of the Fey approached, head bowed. Titania recognized him as a guard of their northern borders. My queen Nephilim approached the wildlands. It is Nakima and her guard. Titania nodded and waved him off. It is time for the Nephilim to start upholding their end of our bargain. Ashlyn sneered, her eyes turning to the horizon. At least the human was worthy of respect. Titania shared a conspiratorial smile with her. On that, my Drew, we agree. That's it for another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for more Tales of Malifaux.